Okay, we're gonna hope that works. Great, Love as it. I Let do with it. most of the things I do. Just hope. Okay, I'm up. like, oh, we also like have no idea what we're talking about. Are we doing Mean Girls? Kind of. <laughs> I'm so down to do Mean Girls. I like thought a lot about what I was like in high school, and especially that TikTok you sent me, and I was like, ooh. Okay, okay, I'm into it then. We'll just talk about me. We'll introduce you. Okay, so basically, not basically, this is Girls on Film. But it's just Addie and a new friend. It's Kate. It's Addie on film. With Wait, Kate. that sounds like a porn. It does. It does. Girls on I'm film kind of sounds like, it's fine. It's, I'm not mad about I'm it. I'm not mad about it. No. I we could start an OnlyFans and it could just be this. <laughs> like people would pay and it would be videos of us just I don't know talking. if I would be super comfortable with the type of people who would pay to just listen to me talk. Uh, no, that would be kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That seems a little like. Ted Bundy. the edge of stalker. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I willing to test out the waters for money? Mayhaps. Anything. Anything for money. <laughs> right. <laughs> this has already been sidetracked. But so Hannah, if you didn't see our Instagram post, if you don't follow us on Instagram, and you just listened to the podcast, Hannah decided to step away from the podcast for now. So I haven't recorded in like two months, something like that. It's been a while. So sorry. Um, and we're going to do, I don't know, rotating guests, maybe just Kate all the time. We don't know yet, but this is Kate. She lives in Colorado and you can talk about yourself. Tell them what you do, Great. all your things. <laughs> all the things. Uh, so my name is Kate. My pronouns are she, her, Aya. Um, I am a sexual assault survivor victim advocate and a mental health case manager for a college here for Fort Lewis. Love it. Love doing that work. And then I'm also currently getting my master's in social justice and human rights, um, which means I read a lot of really depressing books. Um, so I have tons of time to watch gay movies, which is great. It's like self-care balance um depressing books gay movies we love it absolutely so basically what kate just said is she's like overqualified to be hosting the podcast with me but it's fine (laughs) not Um, at all i like needed liquid courage for this whole thing i was like what oh that was like me when before we interviewed uh jesse james Keitel from big sky i was literally sitting there like i'm gonna poop my pants i'm i was me before you interviewed her from here I was like alone knowing you were interviewing just like this, like scared and nervous for you. Yeah, that was bad, but it was fun. Um, Oh my God, amazing. We are going to talk about Mean Girls, I guess. I saw TikTok. Kate and I have been trying to set this up for weeks, but I actually (laughs) have a job now. Um, Actually, Which we love. I know. Um, So I work for a boutique as a creative director now, and um, that's fun because I get to channel all my creative energy, but that means I took a huge step back from the podcast because I was like, swamped and we opened a new store and uh my boss and I became best friends which is crazy in the span of three months but we literally talked to each other more than I talked to anybody on the planet um except for maybe Steven um and so I was watching TikToks because Kate and I like set this up and she was like what are we going to talk about and I was like "Hmm." I was like topics question I don't know (laughs) Uh, yeah we're just gonna like FaceTime and see what happens, like, mm-hmm. which is kind of the vibe of the podcast all the time. Um, and there was a TikTok about Regina George from Mean Girls. And I was like, perfect. This is what I want to talk about. So I sent Kate this TikTok about Regina George as a 
potentially queer coded character Mm -hmm. in Mean Girls um, because she obviously points out a lot of Janice Ian's flaw, not flaws, but what she perceives to be flaws um, relating to others to perceive as flaws. Yes. um, Regarding her sexuality. And Mm -hmm. uh, I will link the TikTok in the description if I can figure out how to do that. Um, No promises. All the faith in the world. A girl will try. Um, (laughs) And basically it just got me thinking about like, Mean Girls, and I feel like everyone knows I love like the early 2000s movies and the 2010s movies because I really genuinely don't believe we're coming out with original content anymore that is this iconic. Like, where's Legally Blonde? Where is She's the Man? Sleepover. Sleepover. Where's John Tucker Must Die? Like, we had so many when we were like preteens and teens, and that is just non I'm like, do you just have TikTok people now? I feel, I just feel old. Mm, I agree. Like, yeah, I don't think I've seen anything recently that's like brought me back to that. Maybe Moxie yeah. a little bit. That was a good try. It was a good try. But, yeah. oh, maybe Booksmart. Booksmart was a little bit like one of those. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was I very that. into that. But, yeah, it's just it. hard. Cause I mean, like, I think a lot of what's coming out now is darker. Like, Promising a Woman had that aesthetic. I feel mm-hmm. like like it had the really bright colors and the pastel pinks and yeah. um, kind of what you expect from like a feminine movie. But obviously that was like a very dark subject material. I, I don't feel like we make um, like we're just I think we're a more cynical society, which I don't think should necessarily bleed into filmic entertainment. Because I'm like, that's where the fun part is, is when you make rom-coms and like that's why rom-coms sell, because that totally. doesn't happen every day in real life and absolutely I think the only thing that I have like a differing opinion on is like some of the 80s movies mm-hmm. like don't even get me started on pretty in pink where I'm like girl mm-hmm. this movie should be about your relationship with your father not about this dress yeah let's talk about how to have healthy communication with our family right which like my mom that's like one of her favorite movies so she like she's like that is not a solid opinion and I'm like, like no. okay breakfast oh. club See, Breakfast Club is like my, if I have to pick an 80s movie, that's the one I would go for, I think. That's the first one I saw as a kid. Like the first one my mom was like, oh, let's, you know, Mm -hmm. watch this. And that was a moment. And then I do like 16 Candles, but there is like a lot of um, really awful sexual assault content in that film. So if we could like just, oh, and racism, you know, just some of that as well. Um, just throw it all in there um so it's like it's hard and I think it's I think it's interesting that well if we're gonna get soft topic it's fine um like because I have uh lots of debates with my parents who are on the more conservative side and I don't really believe in like media censorship or (laughs) removing these movies from platforms um I mean maybe putting them behind like a parental ball sure like I get that but like the whole gone with the wind thing like for me as a film major like you watch that movie like seven times in film school and it is iconic and there is some sort of importance in the film history there and I think if you learn about it in like I mean I went to Vermont University of Vermont so it's like yeah obviously I was like in a very liberal setting Um, (laughs) well they like book ended it right they're like we're gonna watch this movie and there's gonna be some things and then you watched it and then everyone was like hey here are some of those things oh yeah yeah and we talk sitting with your family or your friends who's really like guiding that 
Right. That's fair. And I think that like some warnings and whatnot are necessary for movies like that. But for me, I'm like, I do think when you remove certain films, especially films that were pivotal in the creation of other films, it becomes like a missing link in our understanding of movies. Cause like the interesting thing is like, if you talk to people who watch telenovelas and the way those are shot and directed it's almost like a different language than like american tv or so that's what's interesting is like we have this ability to understand things filmically from all the movies we've seen like as a little kid you have to ask more questions because you don't have all these movies in your brain Mm -hmm. um anyways that was my sidetrack like which i think though too is gonna happen when we're like when we're parents and our kids are like I want to watch Mean Girls. We're going right. to have to like bookend that for them. Cause like the whole like coach scene where he's having yeah. sex with a minor, like I wouldn't want my kid to see that and just be like, oh, that's a thing that happens. Like yeah. I want to be like, hey, that is not okay. And if that ever happens, you need to let me know. Right. Right. And I think that's like, my, like I was super, I don't know how your parents were, but like my mom was so anal about the type of movies I got to watch. Like I didn't get to see Shrek when it came out. And for context, I think I was I was six when that movie came out. I didn't get to see Shrek because he pushes Fiona in one scene. Oh. So, like, my mom was, like, very intense about the rules. And I don't know that I'll be that, if I have kids, that is. But I don't know if I'll be that intense. But I definitely think I will be a little intense because it's, like, so desensitizing to see things like that. Totally. Um, it's interesting. I think though. one of the first movies my dad like put on and like walked away from was Spaceballs. Oh my god! And then my mom came in and was like, "Ooh, what are you letting what him are you watch?" Doing? And he was like, "I thought it was rated G." <laughs> oh my god, oh, dude! So my yeah. parents were like, "Oh, whatever." And the funny thing is, is my da- uh, my mom. There was like a little miscommunication in her own brain where she forgot that PG thirteen wasn't a rating that existed for a while. So like. <laughs> The Goonies is rated PG, but there's quite a bit of swearing in that movie. Um, And so she bought it at Walmart, like, you know, whatever. When we were at our cabin, we have these four homeschooled friends who were much more sheltered than us. And we turn on this movie and the dining room is like connected to the living room. So you can just, everyone's there. And this movie starts and these kids are just swearing like every scene. And my mom, I can just feel her getting more and more mortified. And my dad is just laughing his ass off at dinner. He's like, I can't believe you who won't let our kids watch Shrek just put this movie in. And then as kids, you're like, once you start a movie, you're like, I want to see the end. So we like got to watch the whole thing. Especially Goonies, right? You're not just going to stop Goonies. No, it's iconic. And um, yeah, that was like the first like technically PG-13 movie I saw. Um, (laughs) by accident because my mom just was like oh this was pg when i saw it in the movie theater and i was like yeah because pg-13 didn't exist yeah and as a filmmaker i should i should remember what movie created the pg-13 rating but i can't and i want to say it might have been jaws but i i'm gonna look i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't even know it wasn't a thing yeah at some point it was i'm probably I also like very vividly remember watching American Pie as like a fifth grader at my friend's house and then going home and telling my mom I had watched porn which like it kind of (laughs) was especially when you're a kid terrified and she was like what are you talking about 
And then she made me like research the movie and pull it up. And I was like, I watched this movie. And she was like, okay, like still problematic. Um, it's not because I came home and I was like, mom, I like watched porn. Oh my God. And listened to Green like, Day. Like that's what I did at the sleepover. And listen to Green Day. That's a really, that's a sign of the times. So the PG-13 rating came about because of Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, um, which is like one of the first other than Star Wars blockbuster franchises. Um, and I guess, so it, it was released with a PG rating and parents were mad. And it was about 1984 when PG-13 became a thing. Wait, for what reason in that movie? I think language and like action. Because, like, you know how there's, in PG-13 now, like, some of it just says, like, distressing action. And you're like, what does that mean? Like, That's true. Even the Indiana Jones Disney ride gives me anxiety. Like, so maybe the movie itself would even freak me out. So I've only been on that ride once, and I was, like, seven or eight. uh, And my sister didn't meet the height requirement. So my dad was like, and my dad as a grown adult man can't do anything by himself. So he was like, Addie, your mom's going to wait with the stroller and then you're going to come with me. And if you like it, you can ride it with your mom again. He puts me on the edge because he doesn't want anything to pop out at me or at at him. I mean, and so I'm like this little child and there's like snakes. And I remember there's like guns and it's like, shoots at you. And then at the very end you dip under the boulder. And I mean, I vividly remember that ride for, for my childhood memories, it looks like I remember the first time I got in like severe, severe trouble when I pushed my sister and how terrifying the Indiana Jones ride was. Like those were two of my most like formative memories. I so hated terrifying. that ride. Mine for me was the Haunted Mansion ride when like oh. the, there was like a ghost apparition that just like pops up. Oh, yeah. yeah, The, the mirror where it shows up next to you. Yes. And, and then my dad was like gone. And so I turned and I thought my dad was going to be there and it was this ghost. And I was like, and then oh I got off. God. I was like, Mm-mm. But it's my mom's favorite ride. So she was like, that ride. she was like, we're going again. Oh, you went twice? And oh, yeah. My mom no. is very much like a, I'm going to throw you into the pool to teach you how to swim kind of person. Yeah. I, it worked. Now I love that ride. Right. That ride is, yeah. And I think it's fun because that ride's just like, there's so many small details. And I think that's why I love that ride now. Um, but as a kid, I don't even think the ride, as a kid, I don't think the ride necessarily scared me as much as that room they put you in that like stretches oh, that's, and the lights turn off because yeah. I was afraid of the dark. So I, that was really scary. Um, For the longest time I had the phone case of the woman standing on the alligator. Oh, I love her. Because I like loved that ride. <laughs> I adore that ride. I mean, that and like Pirates of the Caribbean, I think are two of the, the classics. So- and Disney has made movies based on both those rides. A lot of people don't realize that it was the ride Caribbean, before the yes. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, because obviously now there's like a Jack Sparrow animatronic, but that was added like in a renovation. Because yeah. um, I told my boss that I'm trying to convince my boss to come to Disney in October um, for like my birthday and like a bunch of my friends are coming. Also, Kate, you should come. Dior and Brent are going to be there. Um, I'm so in. Bring Bryce. It's like, yes. Liz and her boyfriend are coming. It's just going to be like, obviously, Stephen's going to propose to me. I mean, we think. Oh, update, it's I guess, not. for the podcast. My boyfriend has a ring. Because um, respectfully, men Update are... for Kate. Wait, what? Bitch. You're kidding. <laughs> what? I thought I told you. <laughs> no. 
Oh my God. Wait, stop. I am actually that no, I, I swear to God, I sent you a picture. <sighs> I am. Oh my God. I'm so happy that I'm recording this. What? Oh, I thought I told you. I'm like, no, continue. So I guess I can tell the story for everyone, including Kate. Oh my God. I feel so bad. Um, so I've been, there's a vintage jewelry designer that I love on Instagram. And she's not a vintage jewelry designer. She's like someone who goes to estate sales and curates certain vintage pieces that she likes or whatever. Love that. So this summer, Stephen bought me like a really cool, very small, like little opal and diamond ring from her. And I've been sending him um, like ones that I like because I was very much the kind of person where I, I was like, I don't want to pick my ring, but I, I'll send you like ideas because. But I don't want you to pick my ring. Right. Like yeah. I want you to pick the ring based on what you know. What I like. Yes. Yeah. So there was one that I sent him and I have to tell him that I didn't tell you. Steven. Buddy. He has headphones on. Steven. What? I I didn't tell Kate that you bought a ring. I thought you told Kate or that. Will you go get it? So I, will you go get it so I can show her? Okay. Um, so I sent him this one that I was like, wow, this is so cool. Um, and he started, he he messaged me back while I was at work and he was like, so is this the one? And I'm like, I've sent you a million. Like, why would this be like the one that you have to buy? <laughs> and that night he got off work and he was just being like super weird. And, um, and so... No, do not propose to me on the podcast. I will literally <laughs> kill you. Um, she is not wearing the right shirt, Stephen. I don't have the right manicure either. Um, God. So I, he was acting super weird. So I texted my two sorority sisters and I was like, dude, I think, I think he's buying a ring. And it turns out at the same time, he was texting those two same sorority sisters and he was asking them which one he should buy because he found like one with three stones and the one I sent him and he couldn't decide. And they picked the one that I liked and he was buying it. And my, by the way, my girls played it off so well. Like they were so on his team. They Aww. made me think I was being like a little crazy. They were like, I don't know, Addie, like whatever. And the next day I opened my computer. The only appropriate time for gaslighting. Yes. And I was so happy <laughs> about it. I was like, it, they were the real MVPs for trying to back him up. Oh. Um, and I opened my computer the next day and his Gmail is still logged in. And I'm like, it was like open in a tab. And so I was like, I'm just going to like peek and see if anything's in there. And I looked and it was like Ashley Zhang jewelry and it was a receipt. And I was like, oh my God. So I literally told everyone I knew, <laughs> not everyone, apparently not Kate. Apparently um, not everyone, turns out. I texted like the two sorority sisters I was talking to and I think Liz and I was like, what like, I was like, oh my God. Um, and, uh, then about five days later, the ring came in the mail to my parents' house. Cause we were still living there. Mm -hmm. And my mom, uh, decided she would just like, tell me there was a box for Steven, even though she knew he had told her that he bought a ring and to make sure I didn't see the box. So gay just mm -hmm. hands me the box and Oh yeah, she did actually throw it down the stairs. Like she, like we have a landing on our stairs to the basement. And she was just like, threw it over the railing, and, and I was like, "Here you go." Casual. I, it up, I brought it to him, and I was like, 
so I know, like I had to tell him I knew everyone was like, pretend you pretend you don't know. And I'm like, I can't keep secrets from Steven really. Like even when I planned his surprise birthday party, like it's just, I'm so bad at it. So I told him and now like basically he has a ring. I know the chunk of time in which he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know like when, like whatever. So it's very, for someone who's so type A, my parents think it's hilarious. They're like, yes, make her wait, like ruin her life for the next six months. (laughs) And they think it's so funny. And I'm like, it's not funny. I just, here, wait, let me turn the ring light back on as if that's going to make that big of a difference. But I'm like, okay, so I'll show you what it looks like. So it's, it's so Oh, it's beautiful. And it's all like engraved on the side, but it's from 1860. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's a thing. Um, we just like, I just gave cart, a cart, Kate, a mini heart attack. Um, I really just, thought, I really thought I told you that. I mean, I'm glad this is the way I found out. But wow. I am so excited. Yeah. So and that ring is haunted. Oh, I bet it is. I hope it I is. Can see it. Um yeah, so like in like two-ish <laughs> years, I guess plan on being in a wedding. <laughs> that is ins- oh, also like I guess people don't know this, but Kate is Steven's friend from co- from college. So that's how yes. Kate and I know each other. We actually don't yes. fit like know each other in like physical Never met. yeah, person. <laughs> um, but I tend to make a lot of my friends on the internet. So uh, only fitting, I guess. And we also like, talk almost every day. We talk a lot. At we least, like, like a on little some here and there. Yeah. Some sort of platform. Like TikTok, Instagram, yes. text, yes, Snapchat. Like something will happen. <laughs> like exactly. Oh my god, I'm actually dead that I didn't tell you that. I feel I'm like, what? It was just overwhelming when it happened. So I think I like oh, of course. My oh my brain. god, no. I feel like this was the way I needed to hear it, you know? I just hope this recording is, like, crisp and clear and is actually working. Because if it's not working and I don't have this <laughs> moment on video forever and ever. Um, so I'm even like, you're like, telling them what now? I'm I'm vibing with this idea, um, just, like, thinking very far ahead in the future, of, like, recording little bits and pieces of our Disney trip, because I know that's where he's going to do it, and, like, getting the proposal recorded, and, like, a cute little video at the reception, but also a video at the reception of, like, this moment where I accidentally tell you, because it's just, like, that's just, like, a vibe. It is what it is. It's um, such a vibe, and it's so us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like the entire yeah. situation, like the way I found out and the way you just found out, like it's all so on brand. It tracks. My God, I'm dead. Well, I guess we I'll... can start. <laughs> can we oh, also no. just talk about how we both have the opposite? <laughs> like yin and yang nails kind of. Yeah. This was my nail lady's idea because I couldn't decide um, what to do. My nail lady is the sweetest human being alive and um she like texts me every once in a while now you get why that why our why our podcast sounds like this like oh I love it it's fun though (laughs) like it's because I feel like then everybody listening is like instantly a part of our friend group like people will message us on the Instagram and like whatever you say to me in the dms will never be weird because it's like you know me like I tell people on the internet 
because I'm just we're just shouting into the void and the people who listen are like so cool and the people who listen are like this is just part of my life and so if you say some weird shit great because they're probably saying some weird shit too right I don't know I love it but was that like oddly inspirational or was that just like a no I think it was inspiring it was good I just tried my engagement ring on we don't know if we don't know if that's bad luck but it's so fucking pretty I'm so excited. I'm freaking wow. out. Anyways. Oh god. Wow. We're gonna move past. I'm never gonna move past it actually. Okay. I'm marrying, also, I'm marrying a man, which is just Don't even get me started. Kate and I were both, I think, in the same mind frame, like mindset of like, oh, we're gonna date like this is we're dating women. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That's I've done the man thing. I'm yep. over it. I dipped my, you know, I've dipped several toes into the woman thing, the they, them thing, and, you know, the whoever yeah. floats my boat thing. Right. And I thought that's the direction I was going to go. And then Which I a just tall think, white man walked into my life and I just. Yeah. So Mean Girls uh, was a formative. When did you get to see it? Like, did you get to see it when it came out? I, when did it, like, what year did it actually come out? Let me look. Cause I know I because didn't get to see it the year it came out. I I definitely didn't see it in theaters. I grew up super poor. I saw no movies in theaters. So it was months after at least. So it was 2004. Okay. Um, I probably, so I was 10. I probably didn't see it until I was at least 13 or 14. I would agree with that. Yeah. And yeah. I definitely don't think it was at my parents' house. It was probably at a sleepover oh, no. or something. Yep. And it I was, was like, I'm not telling them I watched this. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. that is absolutely how I saw it. I saw it at some friend's house, like in their basement. Yeah, um, and their mom was like, would your mom be okay with you watching this? And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You hit a certain yeah. age and you're just like, she sure would. Like, She definitely put would. It on. Well, AF. Um, and that was like back when Lindsay Lohan, I feel like, was just an icon it was like big yeah like I think I listened to her music I think yeah. I had like the Lindsay Lohan like mini cassette that would go into like the tiny player oh yeah 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 yeah. what were those I those were called something but I don't know what they are yeah I think I had one of Lindsay Lohan okay I had I did have her cd oh um, yeah Obviously, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen was a moment. Oh, my God. Um, I collected bottle caps for years. Oh, my God. To make that dead. I was obsessed. Oh, my God. (laughs) That and then her in, is it Get a Clue is the Disney one? Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Like Get a Clue is great. Like, she was just a moment, and then she kind of went away for a little while we fucked over all of our child stars but that's a conversation for a whole nother especially women oh yes and that's the tea um i feel like it is girls on film right we talk about the hollywood industry ruin young women um and then i feel like because this came out the same year as the notebook also which um when you think about those seem like very different parts of my life (laughs) right I also definitely didn't see them at the same time in my like I want to say I probably was allowed 
to, or I accidentally saw this one first, maybe. I 100% was like a pick me girl in high school and middle school. So I definitely avoided the notebook because I was like, okay. I hate everything classically feminine. Okay. Okay. Um, so along with like the color pink, I claimed okay. that I hated the notebook. All right. I love, yeah, no, I was not that. I was, granted, I like didn't really have friends. I had friends, but I was super weird. I was very into like Twilight. Like I read the books before they were even um, going to be turned into movies and people like yeah. made fun of me in the seventh grade. And my PE teacher actually like became my friend and told me about the show Lost. And we like, I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning to watch it so we could talk about it in class. Um, was he a man? Yeah, he was a man. He was like 20, oh. 26 or 27. He was like a very young okay. teacher and he was like the, him and then my biology teacher in seventh grade were like the best people in the world like my biology teacher is still someone I talk to now um which is I think the reason like gym teachers actively freak me out is because of mean girls which is so interesting because I'd seen mean girls at this point and but he's like this guy was like the antithesis of the coach in this movie like that makes sense he was someone who like he had us do in Cause we did one week of health and one week of PE mm-hmm. and during PE, we actually had a whole week of yoga and meditation and like mindfulness. And so oh like, God. no, he was so cool. I, I love loved that. him. And he like n- could tell I was just like, you needed some friends. Yeah. And so he was really nice. And, uh, we would talk about loss and cause I would get to his class. Like f- my classes across the hall, I would just go into this class and sit down and read twilight um, and I think he was just like, this girl's weird, but like, you know, she's smart. Like, I'll just give her yeah. something to talk about with me. And so we like bonded over the show Lost. And I have no idea where this man is anymore, but he came to my senior year, like graduation from high school. Um, so you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, like, wow. I, yeah, oh I God. loved him. But uh, that's what's so interesting is like, I don't think I ever had, I did have a gym teacher that was weird but that was in elementary school and he was like just mm-hmm. super sexist oh fun. like we had a segment where like for a week the boys were doing wrestling and the girls had to do gymnastics yeah I hated that and as a fifth grader like I was in fifth grade and my little butt was like this is awful and I want to wrestle I was like this is un-, I, and I didn't like I was just like this is stupid but I don't want to do gymnastics either like um oh, it was fun that. yeah but Mean Girls came out. I was so weird. You're what are you, 12 in the seventh grade? Yeah. Okay. So I think I saw it when I was in like seventh, eighth grade. Um, Yeah, I think I'm aligned with that as well. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't think I caught everything. No. From it by any means the first time I watched it. Like, but I definitely like oddly resonated with. Gretchen yeah no I kind of I yeah I think my I was like between Gretchen and Janice but it's because I was like super severely bullied but I hadn't developed that like hard exterior yet yeah see and I think I was like I was bullied but I was like bully adjacent or I was like friends with the bullies but they like put me down when no one else was around mm-hmm. but like when other I was like a really shitty person. Not even gonna front about that. That was. But like, not... at least you can recognize it because there's so many people that were so awful to me, like in high school, that 
don't believe that they ever were mean to anyone. Like they came in, I actually, grand opening of uh, Kensington, this guy that uh, used to be super, super mean to me. He had the same, um, this is going to sound bougie, but he had the same personal trainer as me. So after school, we would see each other. Um, And he was just like so rude. And he comes into Kensington with his, I think it's his wife now. Um, And I could tell he had zero recollection of me, didn't know who I was. And like, for me, like some of the shit he said was like such a weird formative experience. And I'm like, that's what sucks is at least you can recognize like, Hey, you know, I said shitty things. I did shitty things, but like there are people who literally just like. Well, I was like that. I'm one of the boys girls in like uh, in like middle school and high school so it's not even like I was actively bullying people but I said things that like boys said to girls you know oh that were just like icky and now I'm like Steven's mad because I was like just pointing at my wine glass like can you fill this up please hi (laughs) um so I think like I resonate with Gretchen where she just kind of was like really wanting the approval of Regina But I also think after watching that TikTok, she's like oddly in love with her. And I really like, I remember having this friend in high school where she was like, she was either my best friend or I was madly in love with her. And it like changed day to day. Yeah. And she was the first person I came out to, but I didn't even really come out because I like, she was, she's gay. And I like walked up to her and I was like, Hey, Amanda, like, how did you know you were gay? she's like, I don't know. I just like am attracted to women. And I was like, oh, I think I am too, but like, I'm definitely not gay. And then I like, I walked away and that was like, and then I like the next day, I like went up to her and I was like, please don't tell anyone we had that conversation. And like, but I was in love with her faux show. Yeah. No, I feel like that's such a theme in like adolescent teen girls lives. Like who end, not who end up being queer, who, but who end up realizing they're, they're queer. Um, is that I, that weird close female friendship that like Mm kind of crosses the line like you're just like what is this yeah like you sit a little too close at soccer games and Uh like you have inside jokes that are like uh, you're oddly protective of because you're like that's my friend yes you're possessive yes it's totally a thing yes and that's totally what Gretchen does in that movie like yes when Katie comes in everyone's like you know, we have our oh, yeah. people. Yeah. I, I think it's so indicative of like, it's so queer coded. I don't yeah. know if it's intentional though. Cause it's, um, Tina Fey is one of the writers mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's intentional or if that's like, I almost am like, that's every woman's experience. Cause sexuality is fluid and like a spectrum mm-hmm. and every woman is a little in love with women in some fashion women are amazing absolutely like how could you not be in love with women exactly yeah and I feel like especially when you're a teenager in high school you're even just trying to figure out what the difference is between being in love with someone and like having love for your friends and how those two things are different or the same or like it's just so hard to tell I totally agree I'm so sorry I'm texting on this fucking podcast this is like oh my god you're fine you know what I was thinking though? I would love to get some insight on the musical version of Mean Girls because I wonder if there's anything more explicit in that or less explicit. 
So I've listened to some of it. Like the Janice Ian solo is like one of my favorite songs. Um, let me look up what it's called. It's so, yes. so good. Um, she sang it on like a, I want to say maybe Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. Oh. Um, so I heard it just because I was watching that. Um, it's called. I just burped. I'd I'm rather, so I'd rather be me. Oh. Um, and I haven't listened to the entire uh, musical front to back, but I've heard that one. And then I've heard Apex Predator, which is about um, Regina George. And okay. I will say I'd rather be me is like, I will blast that in the car. Cause it is so good. Um, I don't think it's necessary. I don't know. I'll have to look, but I don't think it's, I think it's pretty much the same as the movie in terms of mm-hmm. how explicit it is with the queer coded stuff, which I feel like there was room for more. Yeah. I think especially because it came out so much later and there was a lot more like, this is needed in like the entertainment industry of like being more explicit with your queer characters. Yeah. Right. It could have been a really good opportunity, but I mean, I get it. I also just think like the spectrum of women's sexuality in general and this whole, like I'm straight, but I kiss women when I'm drunk or like I'm straight, but I love having threesomes with other women is like such a sticky thing. Yeah. And I have so many friends who are like, I'm straight, I'm straight, I'm straight, but I love making out with women when I'm drunk or I love having sex with women. And it's like, so for me, I get those, like, I get those types of vibes from Regina George of like, I'm straight, but I love making out with women or I'm straight, but I love kiss. I always kiss women at parties. And it's like, "Hmm, are you? Right. Like, it's just a refusal to acknowledge I think it's because it's so much of a binary. Like a lot of people see totally. it as like you're either straight or you're gay mm-hmm. or you're bi. And I think a lot of people view bi as like split down the middle. Yeah. Or can't make up your mind. Right. Or and, doing it for clout. Right. And which is so irritating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's why a lot of women are afraid to say oh yeah, like I'm interested in women sexually in any form, like even if it's just making out, even if it's just something like that, um, they're worried about it because it's, there is such a weird judgment, like, oh, you're just doing this for attention. Well, and there's so many eyes on you of like, oh, that's so hot when you do that thing that just like for you is just like human connection. Right. Well, and I'm like, no, nobody says that about like bi men, I don't think. No. It's, I mean, I remember, and again, this goes back to my totally like pick me girl in high school. I remember explicitly, like I was obsessed with Green Day. And I remember being like, I would love, like all of my guy friends would talk about porn. I'm like, I had never seen porn. I had never had sex. Like, but you know, that's besides the point. And I used to be like, they'd like, I love watching lesbian porn. I'd be like, I only want to watch gay porn. Like, I only watch gay porn. Like my ideal porn is watching all three guys from Green Day make out. And I think even then I was like just trying to be an instigator of being like, why is it hot for women to make out with each other, but not for men? Right. And all of them are like, you know, that's disgusting. You know, it's like small town boys, but. Oh yeah. No. 
I was like, my ideal porn is watching like these three men from Green Day make out, which I don't know why it was Green Day. I was obsessed. I think I was, it's because they were so feminine. Mm, yeah, but they like, wore makeup. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was really into Good Charlotte. Mm. Again, don't know why I was into that. I mean, it was Good Charlotte, Fall Out Boy, and Panic at the Disco for me. So were you, like, into Janice Ian in the movie? Like, no. did you have, like, romantic feelings for Janice Ian? Or No, I would say I was into Regina George, if anything. I have such a, like, affinity for blonde women that are super feminine mm. that I was never, I think I related to Janice Ian more than I, but I never felt like a, oh, I, I would date Janicean or I would want to be yeah. with Janicean. I just was kind of like, oh, that's sad. Like, that's kind of how I am. But I was never as, like, cynical as she was. I could never bring myself to get that angry. She's angry. I mean, yeah, that poor girl. Right. And that's how she processes her stuff. And that's just, like, not how I process. So I was kind of like, that's where the totally. disconnect was for me. I was like, I get her, but I don't understand that part of it when I was especially when I was like 13 no 100% and I also think that like the whole like what is that guy's name it's like it's Aaron right it's Aaron Samuels yeah Aaron Samuels he has like basically two first names which is very confusing but yeah Aaron Samuels for me I was so not attracted to him that it was like very confusing I was like you are you disgust me like there's nothing about you that I'm attracted to same. And that's kind of funny because it's like, for me, there's a lot of the like classic rom-coms that I think about. And it's like 13 going on 30. I have just never been attracted to Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I. You like him? This I love him, but I am oddly attracted to Smart Hulk. Okay. Oh, oh like, my God. I'm dead. I'm Smart Hulk is everything to me. It's like an adult <sighs> Shrek, you know, like. Oh, oh I an love adult track. That is um I think <laughs> I think you need to unpack that. That's horrifying to me, but I I'm here for it, I guess. I just we'll don't my therapist immediately after this. I don't know, because I'm trying to think of like the classic rom coms. Like even in the notebook, I was never like attracted to Noah. Yeah, me neither. Well, it's just like I think it's like the aggression for me and like this the overt masculinity that I was like, mm-hmm. ugh. Right. And it's funny because like, though, I can remember like certain ones where I was like, oh, I kind of like him, like in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I, I do love Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I think about, like, I'm trying to think of rom-coms where I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. But I don't. The only thing that's coming to mind for me, and this is disgusting, is Danny Phantom. And I deeply apologize for that. Oh, a puppy. My man's. Oh, stop. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Look <laughs> at his little red hair. I I'm know. Dead. You can come in, baby. You're fine. Come say hi. It's like it's like a theme in the podcast. Like, <laughs> it's just men interrupting us. And that's Gee. the D. <laughs> come say hi, baby. No, it's not a client. <laughs> He's afraid I'm doing therapy. <laughs> No, no, I'm doing a podcast. Say hi. This oh, is my hi. my boo. Oh my god, he's so cute in real life. He can't I hear know, me though. He's so cute. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dead. I love it. Oh my god. Anyway, Janice Ian, 
Not um, your type? No, not at all. Is that your type? Yeah. Really? Like she major Kristen Stewart vibes. Oh, see, Kristen Stewart, I would die for. I Same. would die for. Um, especially Same. in Charlie's Angels, the reboot. Charlie's Angels for me was... A big deal? It was deal. too much. Yeah. My thing that really pissed me off about this reboot is that people were like... I mean, the ratings just bashed it and the critical reviews were so negative and i'm like so have you seen the fucking drew barrymore ones like it did a great job of recreating that feeling and that yeah. vibe it's a tv show like, it was no, exactly all the same vein but they people did that with ghostbusters too yeah and yeah that whole i mean we can get into that but it's just anything that's predominantly female i think is um have more heavily criticized totally totally um, and then people are like well why do we have to do this right well that's like i feel like that was kind of like how people uh talked about i care a lot did you end up seeing that uh-uh. okay you have to watch it it's on netflix so okay. uh rosamund pike is the lead which obviously iconic it's very similar to her role oh, in gone okay. girl mm. in terms of like oh i did watch that with yeah. the short hair yeah Oh, and her partner in that movie? Oh, my God. Aiza Gonzalez, I think is her name. And she is something else in That's I Care A Lot. Yeah. Um, right. I love her. Uh, but that movie got pooned because uh, she wasn't relatable. Because she was an anti-hero. Because she didn't have um, compassion. Like, why would I root for her? All this stuff. And it's so interesting because there's so many movies with men that are just have nothing going for them and they're just evil and they're just out there and we don't ever say shit about that like yeah also you know what i would love to see i would love to see a male-led like mean girls-esque type movie so then we can all just talk shit about that right like well and it's so funny because men are equally as capable of like pettiness and immaturity I think more capable of immaturity and mm-hmm. it's like we do not give that enough of a spotlight in film and I'm so excited this is a shout out to somebody on Twitter but my friend uh James his Twitter is at scripts by James he just got a job um he's in the writer's room at Disney Channel which like makes you want to literally lay on the floor and cry um oh, but he James Honestly, cheers to fucking James. You are incredible. I can't wait for you to move to LA. You are going to do, he's going to write the next big teen show. And like, I know that with my soul and the way he writes women is so incredibly nuanced and thought out. And like it, it's, and it's because he respects women and talks to women and actually has interactions with them um that means that aren't just basically based on sexual intercourse and ooh intercourse why was I gonna say that based on intercourse (laughs) um but and he's another internet friend I've never met him in real life but I would love to um but he his scripts that I've read give me the feeling that early 2000s and 2010s movies gave me which is why Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for him to write something because I'm like I feel like that's potential to write something like those movies but with more substance behind the female characters 
more direction around like here's how women can have so much in them as a character right um not just this like i'll have to ask a george type character right i'll have to ask him if and it's funny because there were women writers contributing to mean girls which is Mm -hmm. um you know and i think they're it was satire for them of like look how little we have to put into like the depth of these characters yeah and then at the very end with that tiktok talks about is like these snippets of like some serious depth that we see in the character growth and then they're like okay bye it's all done (laughs) right right and i love mean girls and it's like i think that that's another thing that i find interesting about films that do fall short in some ways like as as a film major i had like the fun of movies beaten out of me a little bit and Mm -hmm. Like, I'll say, like, oh, I love this movie. And someone's like, oh, didn't you major in film? And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't mean I can't love shitty movies. Like, totally. And I think people should. Like, the amount of, I don't, I don't care. The amount of effort that goes into every single thing you see on your TV screen is unimaginable. And I just yeah. feel like, even when movies are bad, well, maybe not movies made by like white men, but, um, when movies are bad and they're made by a person of color or a woman or a queer person, like mm-hmm. even if they fall short, like happiest season that fell super short for me, Yeah, but I'm so happy it exists. Well, we have to start somewhere. And I also think it's important to note that like films being made under capitalism still have to fit into capitalism. Yeah, and exactly. Capitalism. So like in order right. to get more money funneled into these themes, we still have to play along with the system. Yeah. And that it just is what it is. I will say, though, the amount of men in my life that, like, love Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. Amazing no. to me. And I think, yes, absolutely. And I think that there's some kind of, like, litmus test we should have for men based on, like, what rom-coms and what early 2000s movies they like. Because I think, generally speaking, guys who like the early 2000s, um, like, She's the Man is iconic, Mean Girls, totally. that kind of stuff. like they have a great, usually a great sense of humor because those movies are yes. funny and are so such like a satirized view of teenage existence. Like, Oh, I mean the whole like scene where she's like throwing around the burn book pages and everyone's like fighting, like in no world would that oh, happen. Right. Right. But everyone has thought of that happening while being in high school. Like because high school. High school feels so much more dramatic than it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Mean Girls captured. Mean Girls is if high school was as dramatic as you felt it was when you went through it. And I feel like that's the way Tina Fey, Tina Fey, ew, Tina Fey wrote it is like through the eyes of someone who's in high school. Yes, absolutely. And I think it like transported us all back. I think maybe that's also why I resonate so much with Gretchen because she is so in love with Regina. Yes. Like, to the point of wanting to like be her, be her and then just their ability to like flip a switch and be like, actually we're taking her down. Yeah. And we're okay. If she like messes up, we're going to like bring her the fuck down. Yeah. To me just like really exemplifies how impermanent your relationships in high school are. Yeah. And totally. That's part of the reason I love those ending scenes because it's like, Oh, these people are like really coming into their own. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with this, like, wild year in high school, you know? Right. Because high school, like, is a shit show for everybody. Yeah. And, I mean, even if you're the 
high school did not have a good time in high school. No. And I think that, you know, even the star quarterback had some shit in high school that he hated. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just not fun for anybody because you're trying yeah. to figure out who you are as a human being. And that's not something that I feel like society encourages. So you are fighting against everything around you to figure out who you are. And no matter what, that's it's not fun. Um, that just reminded me of um, Austin Ames from Cinderella Story. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a man that I was attracted to. Because he was yeah. like, um, what was his name? Was it Nomad? Oh, on the I Am. Yeah, his screen name. It was like, it was something yeah. like that, like Nomad. And it was so lame. And he wrote poetry in a Starbucks. And I'm like, what a cliche. But um, I loved and him. And a little LOL laugh out loud chat kills me. Oh, my God. And the fucking, like, <laughs> I... It, what a what a movie that is! I that's a great one. It. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's honestly. So good. It's I think weird. what's amazing for me too is when we're talking about like queer coded movies is like this was one of the first movies that had a very explicitly gay character. Yeah, that's true. And no one talked about it. Like all of the homophobia within the school was on Janice. Mm-hmm. And for um, Damien, everyone was just like, yeah. Like he's been like you could tell everyone's like he's been doing this since fifth grade, right? We're used to it. We get it. Like, there's not like a lot of active bullying against Damien. Like, no. it's really just a relationship between Janice and um, Regina that is like bullying someone for being gay. But right, that was really cool for that movie because like Damien just <laughs> walks around being himself, and everyone's just kind of like, yeah, right. And that's what's so interesting about the movie is like we don't ever see him. I don't think get harassed. Mm-mm. No. And he just like does his thing. And even like, even when he does his classic, like she doesn't even go here line. No one's like, get out of here, Damien. This is for the girls, you know? Right. They're just right. like, oh, yeah, he's always here. Like, okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I do think that this movie is like, I mean, I do think we're going to watch this in film school, like in 20 years um, mm-hmm. for this era, because it is like a quintessential early 2000s movie and, you know, has a lot of women behind the mm-hmm. creation of it, which is huge. Um, white and women. I just want to make sure that we. Oh, yes. White women and cisgender women. Um, mm-hmm. And, but truly that's, unfortunately in Hollywood, that's like where we're at. Like that's the well, fucking. Especially at that time too, right? Oh like my God, was... 20 years ago almost. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's, it's. Yeah, I, it's crazy how far behind the film industry is. Um, totally. Uh, and I think that's a product of like a lot of nepotism. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to break in in general. So like if you aren't someone who's been granted these opportunities, opportunities like systemically for years, you don't really get the the opportunity um, and it's few and far between, which is again, I guess why the Oscars like, I mean, it was the first female director in, since The Hurt Locker, and it's the first yeah. woman of color to win Best sure. Director. So I think that, I mean, we are going somewhere, and it's like totally. these awards don't really matter. I mean, they've proven time and time again that they're not current and that they're not um, indicative of quality necessarily. Yeah. Um but I get why it's a huge honor. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's the Oscars. Like, obviously if you're a filmmaker, that's a huge deal. And I do think it's important that they 
change with the time. So I think on some level, the Oscars this year were exciting. If you recognize the work that still has to be done. Yeah, I think it's important to be excited for growth and movement in the right direction while also keeping your eye on the prize for like continuing going in that direction. So I think sometimes people see that as like, oh, we did it. It's like a check mark and then we move on Mm. to a different problem. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. We need to keep keep going. Um, The fact that we have the first anything anymore is like heartbreaking. So Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's, I mean, I think though, it'll still be that way until you and I are like 50. I mean, oh, absolutely. absolutely. And I think I'm sure there's stuff that you and I can't even conceptualize as identities or mm-hmm. ideas. And those will be the first something when we're like 70, you know, I mean, like, I think we're, people are still going to, cause we are in such a rigid system or in mm-hmm. so many different rigid systems, I guess, um, that keep us from, you know, self-identity. And it's so fun to talk to people that are older than us. Cause like my parents, my mom's like, I literally don't give a shit what people are doing. Like, yeah. and I'm like, that's a good attitude to have. <laughs> like totally. if you're an older person, like, yes. Like I would rather you not give a shit than be actively giving a shit about something really terrible. Right. And it's not that she doesn't give a shit about people, but she's just kind of like, if someone wants to like wear this or do that or whatever, if as long as they're mm-hmm. not hurting somebody else, I don't care what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm like, if that attitude was approached by much, much more of our country, then we would have several less problems than we do. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, and it's, um, never mind, that's a whole other conversation. I was supposed to be like, <laughs> the party that wants less government wants to regulate everything and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I was like, okay, we need to just fucking calm down. Okay, Eddie. mean girls, mean girls. <laughs> this is, you cannot keep me on topic to save anyone's life. You could be like, your cat is going to, actually, maybe if you told me my cat was going to die, I would actually stay on topic. Mean girls, can you hear though. Steven? Can you hear Steven laughing or no? Okay, great. No. <laughs> this microphone's good because it keeps the sound like. Um, right there. Right there, but. He's like watching, he must be watching a TikTok. Um, yeah, I know. I think for me, like, I don't remember anything else about Mean Girls other than the fact I did not give a shit about Aaron Samuels. Yeah. I don't even think, though, like, objectively, he's that interesting. I don't think so either. And also, like, I think that my favorite thing about him is that later in his life, he came out as gay and then was on, like, he, like, hosted yeah. cupcake wars and that was yes. like my favorite thing for him and he was in the ariana grande music video like oh, no like i just i, I do lo- i love that actor as a person because i think it's like totally. have i ever seen him in anything else i don't think so no i think that that movie like through all of its faults and all of its things that like we want to take with a grain of salt now mm-hmm. I think the character of Damien was super amazing. I think Absolutely. growing up with that character and it not being like, he's gay. Everyone's going to talk about the fact that he's gay. And it was more about Janice, mm-hmm. which like poor Janice. That like probably subconsciously hit a lot of people really hard. And I love that. I yeah. also think it probably hit them really hard that she was like actively bullied about possibly being a lesbian. And I think like with him, the way he's treated in the film kind of reminds me how um, like homosexuality is treated in like the Schitt's Creek universe. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's obviously hints of homophobia because Patrick's afraid to tell his parents. So, you know, there's some type of like 
totally. homophobia somewhere, but in the town of Schitt's Creek, it doesn't really exist. And I think that's like a really positive way um, to portray characters who are marginalized because I think it's interesting because like every show now is so dark and so totally you know there's so many deep things happening right and it's I don't it's exhausting right and I don't think for entertainment I don't think that's needed to get Mm -hmm. um you know with representation I don't think the you know the other side of the coin of representation is showing these harmful things that happen to people that you're representing. Like you don't need to show violence against trans women or homophobia Mm -hmm. or sexual Mm -hmm. assault. You can just have these people exist in happy, normal situations. And I know that that's idealized and it's obviously not what's happening in the world, but I think for some people that's like a really safe spot to be and to, to watch. And like, I think everyone doesn't enter into film or television wanting like a deep uh thing that they need to analyze I think some people just want to have fun and want to feel comforted and I think like Schitt's Creek and Damien's character did that for a lot of people totally and I wish that Janice had more of that for women watching Janice's journey in Mean Girls um and I think it would have been really <clears throat> cool to see like Regina have a more explicit yeah sexuality realization because like that ending scene where all of these she's like playing lacrosse and all of these women like jump on top of her and it's giant pile of women and the tiktok like right before that shows her making fun of janice being like oh it's her dream falling into a giant pile of women i'm like it's so it's so coded yeah and part of me is like am i grasping at straws to be like no for the love of god some representation or like can we make it a little more explicit for those of us who are like, right. Maybe she's gay. And I'm like, I, that's why I would love like some type of, I don't know, like not a reboot because I'm sick of them, but like mm. it's, it's hard. Cause it's like 2004. I feel like we were too young to realize how that would have been crazy. Like if that happened in 2004, that would have been crazy. And I'm honestly shocked more people weren't talking about Damien at that time. Like, I don't remember that being a big thing. I don't either, but I think it is also because he fits so nicely into like that stereotype. Totally. And yeah, I think if he had been like, like if they had made Aaron Samuels gay in the movie, people would have been mad. Absolutely. Um, That's such a good point. Yeah. But I, yeah, because 2000, and it's weird to think that that much change has happened like in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Cause that's like 17 years and which is gross. I hate that. there are kids graduating (laughs) from high school that are as old as me and girls oh I know I know um but I I think that's incredible to like look at that and that's I think where people have to look when they're feeling Mm -hmm. hopeless because I think that there's like I tell Steven this all the time like if you're on TikTok for too long and you fall down like conspiracy TikTok or like social justice TikTok like you can get really sad really fast because it's like there's a lot of bad shit in the world but there was a lot of bad shit in the world in 2004 and that bad shit is at least somewhat better now and I think or we can like look at it in the eye and say that's bad shit yes totally and we can say like you know we didn't realize this was bad then but we know it is now and we're working actively to combat that 
And I think that that's a really positive change. And like, that's where I'm like, I wish we had, a, I, that's why I want people to make movies like Mean Girls in 2021. Cause it's like. And choose to make things more explicit. Absolutely. With their own spin on it. Like, let's talk about it. I would even say like with Booksmart, right? Like um, her character being gay and it being like a theme, but not being an issue. An issue was like really impactful. And had that happened when we were younger, I think that would have like blown my mind. Yeah, right. Totally. And I think because it's fun to see, like, on, t- like, I feel like TikTok is like, there are so many like younger people there. And what mm-hmm. they get mad about or like what they get heated about, I love because it's like, oh, when I was 15, like, we would have thought that was like the coolest thing in the world if people were totally. talking about that or doing that. Um, but yeah, I, w- I just want something that feels because I, it's not that I don't think great movies are being made now. I just don't think we're making things for like entertainment in the same way. It's like we are very focused on men's entertainment. And like if you look at like the movies being made, the Marvel movies are largely funded by the United States military. And I love the Marvel movies, but they're heavily, <laughs> heavily military propaganda. And it's like totally. you have to read them through a lens. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just, basically, I just want, like, fucking rom-coms to come back. Yeah. And, like, high school movies. Like, when's the last time you saw a movie that was, like, lighthearted and about high school? Yeah, I think that, like, to be honest, though, if one did come out, I honestly feel like I would watch it and just be, like, so jealous. Yeah. I would be like, I can't even deal with that right now. Because even like some TikToks, right? I see people like young people on TikTok and they're just like doing these amazing things. And like, I'm so happy. And on the other hand, so jealous because I'm like, oh, like, I'm I such, loved that. <laughs> oh, I'm such like a weepy fuck. Like when I see like kids doing something that I would <laughs> never have been able to do, I just like cry because I'm just like, wow, I don't understand. And it's like, I wanted Moxie on Netflix to be that like I wanted mm-hmm. it to be me too um and I think had it come out in 2004 had it come out in the Mean Girls era it would be a classic yeah and I think we would be like oh my god we love this da, 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 da. but it's because you know Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and just Amy Poehler wrote it in the wrong year honestly in my opinion yeah and it was like it wasn't far enough but it also wasn't like chill enough it was like it was like right in the middle and I wanted it to make a choice right it felt really like it was pandering a little bit because it didn't mm-hmm. want to alienate one audience or the other um, yeah and like my mom I'm like if you're gonna make a statement girl make a statement right and like my mom loved it but I think my mom loved it because she felt like it was edgier than it actually is mm-hmm. if that makes sense like she was like mm-hmm. oh, this is like so hip and and it's crazy they're talking about this but for me I was like oh like we really could have gone a little bit farther with that Um, but I did love and this is kind of unrelated to me girls but it's fine I did love that Amy Poehler's character like talked about everything that she and her group of like feminist friends did wrong I was like that was probably my favorite part of the movie because I was like I love that you that you're showing someone recognizing harm they caused or recognizing exclusion or whatever that they've performed in the past yeah but this is like what happens to Hannah and I we both have a long pause we're like okay we're done (laughs) 
that's the end. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I need to go back and watch Mean Girls now. Same. I haven't seen so it in like, a long time. Well, that's the thing. Like you and Hannah would always watch things like right before and then talk about it. Like it was like fresh in your mind. And for this one, I was like, this movie is so ingrained in who I am as a person. Right. I mean, I'm good. <laughs> same. I didn't rewatch it. And I mean, I'm about to watch. What are we going to watch tonight? There was something in my head that I was like, I know I'm going to make Steven watch this. I don't know. I'm honestly just waiting for the finale of The Circle. Same, same. Who do you want to win? Who's your your person? Uh, My person is Courtney. Really? I love Courtney. I love that Courtney is like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes to win. I'm like, do it. I would like Chloe or River to win. I just got so frustrated when River was like, I'm going to buy a pool, but I'm going to tell them I'm not going to buy a pool. And I was like, yeah, that's well, fair. That's you're, yeah. I like Chloe because she's so naive and so kind and just like. I do love Chloe. I, I feel know. like in any situation, though, I love Chloe, but I am definitely more of a Courtney. Yeah. Oh, I'm more of a Courtney for sure, which is probably why I'm like neutral about Courtney because I'm like, oh, OK, whatever. But um. I'm kind of, oh, I also kind of love that they, like, plot twisted and made both those people John. I do, too. And then also, though, like, some of their interactions are so cringy to me because you can tell that they're just so uncomfortable with each other. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, trying to be friends, but neither of them, like, know how to talk to each other. And, like, yes, they just and I love them, it. Yeah, I love them. And I miss Mitchell already because he was, like, such an I enigma. Know. Especially after his brother. Right. Right. I'm so confused. Oh, honey. What a, what a nugget. And but Trevor is just going to break Courtney's heart. I mean, Chloe's heart. I know. Oh. I know. I'm so sad. Oh, I'm so sad. She deserves oh. the world. God bless I know. Her. She deserves like a good, maybe she and Mitchell would hook up because I really think they'd be a cute, I really think they'd be a cute couple because they're both they just kind of so like cute. chill and nice and fun. Yeah. I think they would play like Mario Kart together on the weekends. Yes. And yeah. I think I'm, I wish they had filmed like eight seasons of the circle during quarantine. Cause I'm like, why was this? Not, why didn't you do this? But um, handmaid's tale is out. We watched the first episode of season four. I can't do it anymore. Honestly, really? I actively have to stay away from that and law and order SVU because of my job. Like I just can't yeah. do both. I'm That's like, fair. I hear about this shit during the day. I can't also watch it at night. Yeah, for me, Handmaid's Tale has taken such a turn from, like, the first season's harder to watch for me than the current seasons. I have heard that from several people, and I stopped watching it season two, so. Yeah, right around the end of season two into season three was the turn for me because it becomes less focused on violence against, well, it's still about violence against women, but it's less about sexual violence and more about, like, warfare and, like, mm-hmm. espionage and, like, like um, Captain America Winter Soldier is my favorite Marvel movie because it's so, like, espionage heavy. It's very, like, thriller and less superhero. Totally. And Handmaid's Tale has definitely taken this, like, guerrilla warfare turn, but it's, like, oh, led like by that. women. 
And season three, I watched the finale of season three because it releases at like midnight or whatever. When I lived in Atlanta, I got home for my serving job and it had just dropped on Hulu. And I was like, I guess I'll watch it. And I literally called Steven the next day and I was like, I have never wept like, like that because it was, it was like, it showed all these women coming together in this like, oh, war refugee type of way to like get these children to safety and for me it was like it rang so true like I was like Mm -hmm. this just feels so real that I was like women would do this yes and I was like and that's why I love that show is like the first season for me is hard to watch Mm -hmm. because I'm getting my boss into it right now and I'm kind of like can you just watch this without me because like I've seen it so many times and it's it's a slow burn it's triggering yeah 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 SVU this season is is so terrible, like in terms of just writing. Um, yeah, I haven't. I restarted watching SVU, but I started from the early, early seasons because those are the only ones I like. And honestly, like I'm a little frustrated with the way television right now is doing the whole pandemic thing where they like. Oh, my God, I hate it. It's just too much for me. I can't. We talk all the time, like, why even just don't put them in masks? Don't talk about the just pandemic. Don't. Just leave it the fuck alone. I don't want to watch TV about it. I'm here to like suspend it. reality. That yes. is why I am here. Yes. And that's with SVU. Like someone will walk into a room with a mask on. No one else in the room has a mask on. And then they'll go to speak and they take their mask off. And I'm like, oh why God. do you have it on? No, exactly. And I'm like, you're actively doing what the CDC says not to do. So you right. can say that you've filmed during a pandemic. Like it's too much for me. I it's think- too much. I think the reason I'm on the SVU train right now is because Elliot came back for organized crime. I did see um, that. Which has by and large been disappointing because he's had zero character development and is still Mm -hmm. like an abusive cop. Love that. So we're hoping for some type of um, growth in that department. But like, I also wonder if this is how people felt about SVU like 10 years ago because it's hard to watch this season because some of the like tr- crimes it's based on are things that we've seen in the last six months. Totally. And I almost is like too soon. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. I also just like watched this episode of SVU the other day where they're talking about like black lives and um, all of the horrendous shootings of like young black men and Meredith in the show is like, well, we have a job to do. And like immediately I was like, Ah, because like I love her. So when she said that, I was like, "Oh, Olivia, but did you mean Olivia? Uh, fucking Meredith Gray. Those are Taylor Swift's cats. You're talking about Gray's Anatomy. (laughs) You said it, and I knew what you meant, but I was like, I think I should maybe say those are 100 percent Taylor Swift's cats. Yep, but you, you got it. You was close enough. You know, I knew what you meant. Mariska My Hartig. brain said Taylor Swift's cats are these characters. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you so said go off, girl. Go off. <laughs> she luckily does contribute to the. So the first episode of the season was like the whole Central Park thing where like mm-hmm. the lady calls the police and the black man's not doing anything. And and I was like, Stephen and I were literally both like, this is too recent. Like, I hate this. Yeah. Olivia goes to him 
because he's either suing the city or suing the police department or something. And she goes to him and tells him exactly what to ask for in terms of police reform and defunding the police and like what specific things need to be done from a captain's perspective. And then he goes to the DA or whatever with his demands. And that was good. But there's so many like iffy, iffy parts. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. You just said, I'm like, to me, I sit there and I'm like, do I watch this with like a lens and be like, okay, well, like, Mm -hmm. this is what it's going to be from 50 year old white men who write the show. And totally the cast is older. Yeah. And this episode that I saw with, um, Olivia Meredith (laughs) was, um, like season 17. Oh, so that's a while ago. It was a while ago, which also is disgusting that that was still a relevant topic enough to put in the show. But um, oh, yeah. I think that they they must have learned from that um, mm-hmm. as much as they could, I guess. Because even when I was watching it and like David Diggs is in that episode. Oh, I, literally, I know what episode you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, totally. and I'm like, there's no way David Diggs was like sitting on this set and was like, y'all did a great job. Right. Like, <laughs> And I think on some level, you sit with SVU and you're like, it is mm-hmm. a show about police. It's going yeah. to, on some level, be police propaganda. Totally. And for me, why I love it is because I think if a police officer like Olivia Benson existed when I was assaulted, my situation would have been different. A hundred percent. I think when I like work with survivors and I'm going to the hospital, I'm helping them fill out reports. We're going to court together. If there was someone in the room like Olivia, mm-hmm. it would completely change all of the people I work I work with their experience of getting justice. And right. so I think part of it a little bit is like it's catharsis for me to see some of these people on this show, the survivors, getting that and having that like healing relationship. And then also, like, just not seeing it where I work. Um, mm-hmm. hard. I'm like, this is what you deserve. And I know you're not getting that right now. And that sucks. And, you know, we're just, like, actively working against that. But yeah, it is what it is. I mean, also, on a side note, shout out to all of my sorority sisters who are too young to know me. Like, I'm, like, a grandma of the sorority now. But everyone at UVM, where I went to school, is very heavily protesting the administration um on behalf of sexual assault survivors Mm -hmm. and it's like incredible like it's not other than maybe the columbia protests something it's not something i've really seen so i'm like so proud of everyone doing that and it's crazy to see it on like i've seen it on people's social media that like didn't go to Mm -hmm. uvm and i'm like whoa like this is really cool to see at the college level because that's definitely a space that needs to be I was assaulted in high school not college but I was stalked in college mm-hmm. and University of Vermont did nothing about it so yeah yeah I mean I think that's a pretty common experience and so to see students standing up being like we're not doing this anymore is incredible right and I'm like finally 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 because finally. Yeah. there were so many situations in college where had there been victims 
victims advocates that were properly trained or mm-hmm. administration that gave a shit about something other than donors money or whatever like there were so many situations that could have been different like totally. people's college experiences would have also been different so even just education around what sexual assault is mm-hmm. and like giving people the space to say i have been assaulted right is huge men women non-binary like everyone yeah um, I think it's so important and I can't tell you how many clients I sit with that are like, I just need you to tell me that I'm right in thinking that I was assaulted. Right. Because we're taught to like gaslight ourselves out of it. Mm-hmm. And like, just to have people be like, no, this is real and it's happened. And even some of the signs I've seen from that, like protest and all of the like marching that they've done. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. I want that right. on a freaking t-shirt. Like, I yes. I think it's going to be like a, I have a weird feeling it's going to be like a history book situation, like in Mm -hmm. 20, 30 years, because it is, and they're not letting up. Like, that's the crazy thing is like, it's been going on for quite a minute now. And I don't think that anyone, men, women, non-binary people, I don't think anyone at that school is ready to stop. So I'm excited. And I mean, of course it's university. I mean, I know everyone's going to say that, like, of course it's university of Vermont. Cause totally we're out there in crunchy granola land, like living next door to Bernie Sanders. But, um, <laughs> it's like, I I'm still excited. I don't care that that's where it's starting. No. I think that it, progress is progress. And this is like, I think it's going to spark things at other universities. Yeah. I, hope I can't wait to see what it does. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us go. Okay, we're so Look off topic. We've also been talking for like two hours, and I have I to edit this eventually. I know. So, oh my cute. god, we're gonna stop. This is Kate. You met us both today. Hi, everyone. Um, uh, we'll probably do this again soon. Yes. Clearly, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, Kate and I don't speak enough via FaceTime. <laughs> um, clearly, because I had some news for her today. Um, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do this a lot more often. We'll record yes. maybe ahead of time so I can like stockpile episodes and just start releasing them for you guys. Cause I know we've been like, I've just been MIA for so long and, um, but yeah, I'm Love glad that. to be back as always follow us on Instagram, um, at girls on film. I want to say it's dot pod. Just find us. I don't know. My in-person it is. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, follow us there. Um, DM <laughs> us if you like it, because like we've been getting new followers, and we have old followers that I that I love. Um, we have two German girls who started their own podcast in German. If I spoke German, I would actively listen. Currently, I just turn my volume all the way down and play it. But they have a queer film podcast now for Germany, and it's oh, the I love that. Ever. So I want to shout them out. Um, we will have to Zoom again soon. I had a little wine Zoom with them. And then lovely friends, uh, Max and Ellen in the UK, we're back. And I missed all of Yay. you. And Kate's here now. And, and I'm she's happy the best. to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyways, this was Girls on Film, and we'll be back next Wednesday. Thanks, everyone.